0: Food Heals Podcast, episode 258.
1: The reason cancer exists is because something's out of balance. It's possible to find what's out of balance, right the ship, get it back in balance, and then the person's gonna be okay. When I say food kills cancer, What I'm saying is that's a part of the equation. The other part of the equation is, everybody has to go on the journey to find out where they're out of balance and what needs to be put back in balance.
2: Doctor (laughs) so-and-so. Since you're telling me that there's no hope, how does it hurt us if we try vitamin C therapy? So we began doing that, and sure enough, every time they measured the tumor markers, they were getting smaller and smaller.
3: The you know, Western oncologist was baffled, he was like, wow, this really is working. When I found out, I was just like, no, like, okay, accepting it, but then realizing there's things that I can do. I knew that I needed to raise my vibration. I needed to be around people who have lifted me, elevated me, do things that I love to do and find ways to, you know, through different modalities on how to heal myself. Just keeping a positive outlook and a positive attitude.
4: Hey, I have no hair, but I'm like 10 pounds skinnier than I've ever been in my life.
3: <laughs> Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts,
0: Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself.
1: Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and in this dress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately.
0: All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody and today is part two of our Healing Cancer series where we are playing you some of the best of clips of amazing stories of healing and the journeys that many of our guests have gone on to heal themselves. Let's get started with Amanda Deming.
1: The Food Hills Podcast starts now.
0: Can you heal cancer naturally with a raw vegan diet, meditation, and yoga? Our first guest, Amanda Deming from episode eight, did just that. Cervical cancer is the most common cancer among women and almost 4,000 cases were fatal just last year. Conventional treatments for cervical cancer include chemotherapy, radiation, surgeries, hysterectomies, and sometimes the removal of lymph nodes and ovaries. Treatments like this can often leave the woman infertile. When Amanda was diagnosed with cervical cancer, she was determined to heal herself naturally through a raw vegan diet, meditation, and yoga. Without any conventional treatment, she is now cancer-free. She's a massage therapist, a wino like me, and a very talented karaoke singer. I can tell you what, girls got pipes. Roll it, Roxy. So when were you first diagnosed with cervical cancer?
3: Um, I was diagnosed when I was about 27 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I'm 36. So almost ten years ago. Yeah, ten years. Yeah, and I was, um, I was scared. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, all these things be. kept running through my mind, and I didn't know if it was going to metastasize. And I was actually told over the phone.
0: Oh my God, yeah, was that she's not. So that, that was horrible.
3: really, and I was alone. I was in my bedroom, and Ugh. you know, so that was really difficult. But when I found out, I was just like, no, like, okay, accepting it. But then realizing there's things that I can do and I wasn't as well educated as I became through that journey but I knew that I needed to raise my vibration Mm. I needed to be around people who uplifted me elevated me do things that I love to do um, and find ways to you know through different modalities on how to heal myself so I started meditating And, you know, I would do this whole thing where I'd bring the white light in through my head and down through my body and exhale negativity and any darkness. And then I would put it right into my cervix. Mm. And, um, you know, I would do that every day, sometimes three, four times a day. And I felt like that was kind of my medicine. Um, Absolutely. How powerful. Yeah, and then I knew that, you know, you kind of are what you eat.
0: <laughs> and it also
3: really matters too. It's not a, it is about what you eat, but it's how you feel when you're ingesting it. What it's, were
0: you eating before you were diagnosed? Before I was eating whatever.
3: <laughs> I, I didn't care. I was, you know, I was, it didn't matter to me. Like if it was there in front of me, I wasn't really conscious about what I was putting into my body. I wasn't really conscious about the the higher vibrational foods and the, the foods that were alive as opposed to sometimes when you cook some foods they they're dead. <laughs> yeah. But again, it is all about how you feel when you're ingesting it because, you know, if you're sitting here eating something that could be really good for you but you're still kind of feeling bad about it, your body is going to react to that. We're full of water. Mm-hmm. We're made, you know. And so when you it's proven fact that when you look at water and you say beautiful things to water, it will change, Mm -hmm. you know, the the structure. And so I realized that that's what I had to do to all the water in my body. So I started doing that as well. My own belief is that, you know, we all have cancer cells in us. Mm -hmm. And I think that when your state of mind allows negativity it manifests places in your body. If you are feeling toxic, or you're bringing toxins into your body, or you're in a toxic relationship with yourself, your family, or a lover, that will affect your body. So yeah, it was really a compilation of doing things I loved, raising my vibration, eating good, healthy food, feeling good about ingesting that food so my body could actually digest it fully. Um, I joined a cervical cancer support group. I, wanted, I needed to know that I wasn't the only one. I felt so alone when I was in my bedroom and I got the phone call.
0: Of course. And, oh, my gosh.
3: And surrounding myself and talking to other people that were going through the same thing, honestly, was like the best thing for me. It really helped. Let
5: me ask you a question, though. What did your doctor from that point on, when they said, this is what you had, this is what we're diagnosing you with, what, what were they giving you? Were they supportive of what you were doing or were they saying, oh, it doesn't look good. This is going to be rough.
3: I got a new doctor. Oh, I got a freedom. new doctor after the phone call. But I was working uh, or, or, or understudying under uh, an acupuncturist mm-hmm. and she was like, all of the above, you're doing great. Now, come into my office and get acupuncture and herbs. So, I also did that as well because yep. when you have the energy, the chi flowing through your body, you know, there are blockages and certain things can manifest in those blocks or there's too much of an abundance of energy somewhere in your body. And when you have everything flowing freely, you know, the chi runs through your body like a, you know, a babbling brook, a <laughs> stream. And, you know, when there's blockages, there can be dis ease, yeah. discomfort. So I really believe that um, the acupuncture and the herbs also, Mm -hmm. you know, help me with that as well.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Acupuncture is super powerful. Um, so you had your first doctor and you said, I'm getting a new doctor. Did anyone ever tell you, you have to get surgery, you have to get chemotherapy? Like what were they recommending in that sense? Uh, yes, I, so this is what happened. So basically
3: I had scheduled to go get everything removed and scraped and all that, but what happened was unfortunately the other doctor that i had found wasn't that great either was so what he wasn't that great either
0: <gasps> oh, so no. when i went
3: into the office i'm prepared to, to go under and just get all this removed and taken out um and there was a glitch in the system hmm. uh quote unquote and uh they're like oh we don't have you scheduled today
0: thanks for God. a surgery
3: yeah for a oh. surgery and so... Blessing in disguise. Blessing. Exactly. So he's like, you know what? Uh, you know, we, we went to the office. We talked a little bit. He's like, I was like, well, I would actually... I've been doing a lot of work. I would like to really maybe get, a, you know, another biopsy, see how everything goes. He did. He called me and he said I was clear. Um, After
0: how long? That's amazing. That, it was about,
3: I want to say like four months because I had so gone... So they said to,
5: you, had, you had cancer.
3: mm mm-hmm. Stage one. Cervical Stage cancer. one,
5: surgical cancer. Cervical
3: cancer. S- Sur- Sorry. Did I say surgical? <laughs> <Yeah>. surgical, cancer. <laughs> surgical cancer. I was thinking about the surgery.
5: <laughs> surgical surgery. And then completely clear. That's yeah. unbelievable.
3: It was kind of a whirlwind for me. You know, when I think back, there's certain parts where like, oh, I remember that day or I remember this month or I remember this time period. But so much was happening for me trying to heal myself, but also trying to help myself get into a good state of mind that, mm-hmm. you know,
0: there was a lot going on there. Well, that's amazing that you were super in touch and able to do that in only four months because, um, you know, healing can take time. And it sounds like you completely threw yourself into this and really made a huge difference. And what did the doctor say when you go back? Did they attribute it to what you did? What is their opinion? So
3: I found another doctor (laughs) (laughs) because I I wasn't happy with this one because certain things happened during that visit. Obviously, the the miscommunication, even though that was, you know, a Mm -hmm. good thing, but Um, other things had happened. So I found an amazing woman in West Hills um, and she was praising me and she was like, I want to know everything you did so that way I can start telling my patients. And I think that it would be just so fantastic if, you know, many other doctors or OBGYNs did more of that and educated their clients on holistic healing as opposed to let's just, you know, go to chemo or cut it out or let's get rid of all your lady parts (laughs) right (laughs) our bodies are amazing they are just phenomenal so tell your body that every day you know tell your body that and say beautiful things to yourself write it on the walls put post-it notes up whatever you got to do and that whole list of oh your to-do list put you on top
5: did you receive any kind of body work energy work while you were doing your healing in those four months
3: yes so I was going through massage school Mm-hmm. Um, so I was receiving a lot of wonderful information. I was uh, meditate, like I said, I was meditating every day, but I was also meditating in class. Um, I was doing a lot of Tai Chi in class. Um, I was receiving a lot of Thai massage, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of uh, acupressure. Mm-hmm. And I really feel that that also, and I was getting the acupuncture too. So I, I really feel like all of that body work, you know, added to what I was already doing really helps, you know it's mind body spirit all connected
0: so amanda you get the call or your doctor gives you this scary awful diagnosis um i know from personal experience that it's very easy to go into a downward spiral of depression hopelessness what should someone do immediately after hearing a diagnosis whether it's for themselves or a family member take a breath <laughs> yes
3: uh understand and recognize how, how amazing your body is and that this is not the end, um, s- get a support group. Find, mm. find a group that, you know, the, and there's tons of them, uh, people going through the same thing or diagnosed with the same type of cancer that you are. Yeah. Um, that's definitely number one. Um, do things that raise your vibration. Whether it be playing video games, <laughs> <laughs> something that makes dancing, you happy, right? music, highly recommend music. Music is such a, a, an amazing healing modality. And
5: it's so, fast, too. It's just like it's instantaneous. You know, yeah. Music can change your vibration and your energy.
3: And maybe, immediately. Yeah. Immediately. So, so listen to
0: a happy song. Yeah. You know? Listen to a song from childhood that brought you joy, even if it's 20 years old. Yeah. Whatever. Absolutely. Or, or sing. What if you sing? Sing.
3: Yeah sing even if you don't think you can sing sing anyway
0: sing in the car sing in the shower because your it, house.
3: it'll immediately shift yeah. your energy because yeah. um, it can be really 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 scary you know um uh i would also say you know continue exercise get body work get energy work get acupuncture take some you know t- if you find an acupuncturist that you love take some herbs I mean, we are of the earth. Mm-hmm. The herbs are of the earth. They belong in our body. Um, don't treat your body bad. Don't think, I have this, you know, this cancer growing inside my body. And, and, and now it's going to go all through my body. Or, you know, there's a lot of fear be- behind it, obviously. Of course. Because, you know, things can metastasize. They, you know, but block that you know, really try to shift your, um, your, your thoughts. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it can be difficult, but when you have the, the good people around you and when you're in the support group, you know, it can definitely help. Um, I also recommend, um, eating high vibrational foods, foods that are alive, foods that are, uh, alkaline. Cancer can't really survive in an alkaline state. Right. um, so, you know, get rid of the sugars, get rid of, you know, the, the processed foods. I'm going to give you some, about six um, highly alkaline foods that Yes. are, <laughs> they are, lemons is number one. Uh, some people say, oh, lemons are so acidic. As soon as they reach your mouth, they, they, they are alkaline. Yes. Immediately. Lemon is such a healing food. They can heal wounds. Um, they can, you know, uh, provide immediate relief for hyperacidity, hyperacidity, and virus-related conditions as well. Um, turmeric, mm. turmeric. If you listen to the root word "tumor," ic. Turmeric oh. um, helps reduce tumors. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cayenne pepper is really, really amazing. It helps with the endocrine function. Um, it has amazing enzymes, and uh, it's the, one of the most alkalizing foods. It's also an antibacterial, and it's super rich in vitamin A. So that's awesome. It can help with you know fighting harmful free radicals that lead to stress, illness, and disease. Garlic, mm. garlic is amazing. Garlic is so healing, you guys. It really, really is. And you know, some people can't really stomach garlic. You know, some people have a hard time digesting garlic, um, whether it be raw or cooked, just somehow find a way to, it's a miracle food. Um, it, 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 appears. It's been known
5: that, to kill cancer cells.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. It appears at the top of the innumerable list of food that encourage overall health. Um, so, you know, it can help even also lower blood pressure, help, you know, if you take like a, a like a swallow, like a half a bulb of garlic every day, um, like a. Like a pill. Mm -hmm. Um, It helps uh, reduce your cholesterol by like, I don't mean like 37%. Like it's, you know, a higher percent just having a little piece of garlic. So, Um, leafy greens, including kale, Swiss chard, turnip greens, and spinach. Yeah. Um, They are really rich in vitamin K and folate content. So, they're super packed with vitamins, minerals, photochemicals, antioxidants, fiber, and helps also improve digestion and even vision.
0: Yeah, greens, uh, just. Just eat them. Yeah. (laughs) They do
3: so much, just eat them. Um, The other thing is uh, cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, you know, Um, and uh, root vegetables. They help with the yang in the body. So when you're eating some of these foods, if if your body is not, you know, digesting some of them properly, because not everybody can eat raw food.
0: Everyone is different, and Everyone you have to find b- what works for you, so you have to experiment.
3: Exactly. You can blanch. You can steam. You know, you definitely don't want to fry anything, you know. Sometimes you can bake. It's it's really about how your body reacts, and raising your consciousness about really connecting with your body, and, and, and being aware of how your body feels when you're eating, after you're eating certain foods. Mm-hmm. So... That's definitely important. So those are the 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 six top alkalining vegetables and or my guess foods um, that you can that you can start out with. Okay, if anybody's ever diagnosed with cancer, go into Whole Foods <laughs> because automatically when you walk through the doors, you feel good. Yeah. You, you the smells, the the you know the the, the
0: all food. the healthy people around you who are also <laughs> trying to do something healthy for exactly. themselves. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers to Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, cheers to you. Thank you so cheers much for being with you. us tonight. Thank you me for and having Susie me. Really appreciate it. Cheers. I appreciate it as well. Thank you so much, ladies.
3: It's so good to see you.
0: Hope you enjoyed our conversation with Amanda. She's one of my favorite people, a good person to go out karaoke with. She has the most beautiful voice I've ever heard, literally the voice of an angel. And she is a really good time. She likes to drink lots of wine with me. And if you also enjoy drinking wine and you want to drink some wine with me and celebrity vegan chef, Leslie Durso, join us in Italy. It's coming up real quick. It is June 15th to June 22nd. So yes, look at your calendar right now. See if you can join us. Unfortunately, we did have someone drop out at the last minute. And so we're just trying to fill her spot and I wish her well. And I I miss her already because she's one of my favorite people that I was so excited about having along with us. But If you are listening and this is resonating with you, please join us. We will be on the Amalfi Coast. It is one of the most picturesque, beautiful places I've ever been. Uh, This will be our second time going there. Last year was just an experience that I can't even put into words. It was just so beautiful. We all formed these like sisterhood bonds, Um, whether we were having breakfast together and pulling angel cards or hiking down the side of a mountain while overlooking the Amalfi Coast. I mean, it is just so such a cool experience. We eat the best food ever, whether we're cooking together with Leslie, who is teaching us how to make some delicious vegan fare, Or we are out to five-star restaurant dinners, eating and drinking, all of the things. I mean, some of the best food I've ever had in my life. And Leslie teaches us how to order healthy, delicious fare that you will. (laughs) It's indescribable. It's so delicious. And so we'd love to have you. Some of the activities are hiking and swimming and shopping. We do boat rides. We go to the beach. Um, We eat a lot of vegan gelato. We lay by our villa has an infinity pool overlooking the amalgam. Coast. So yes, your pictures will break Instagram. Don't worry. We'd love to have you along. So if you want to come, please email me right away, info at foodhealsnation.com. You can also download the brochure to see the pricing and pictures from last year. It's very affordable. And that is at foodhealsnation.com and just click on Italy. Almost everything is included in the price. We pick you up from the airport in Naples and make it really easy to get to the villa, and we will drop you off again. Um, It does not include your flight, but it includes almost everything else all your breakfasts, all your dinners, almost all your meals, only some lunches. If we're split up wandering around the town, then we just eat on our own. But essentially, you will be so well fed (laughs) and you will not have to spend much on food at all. It includes all the excursions, like the boat rides, all our transportation around the different islands, all of that kind of stuff. We've got you covered. All you need to do is pack your swimsuit, some flip-flops, some summer clothes, and a hat, and come and join us in Italy this summer on the Amalfi Coast. See you there, Food Heals Nation. Next up, you're going to continue to hear some of my favorite cancer healing stories like Jeff from Cancer Can Be Cured, Tracy Edmonds, and Jill Tomback.
1: You're listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes.
0: In our next clip, you'll hear from Jeff. He's the director of the film, Cancer Can Be Cured. Three years ago, Jeff's wife was diagnosed with an aggressive form of bladder cancer. She was told her life would change forever. Surgery, chemo, and radiation. A life without an essential organ. They decided not to take the doctor's word for it and traveled to Germany to treat the cancer naturally. Juicing plant-based meals, hyperthermia, which is targeted heat therapy, oxygen therapy, intravenous vitamins, minerals, and amino acids, colonics. It was like a spa with a difference. Within 30 days of these holistic protocols, she was completely cancer-free. I love this story. I know you will too, Food Heals Nation. Roll it, Roxy.
1: So about three years ago, my wife was diagnosed with bladder cancer. Actually, what happened was she went in, the doctor was just going to remove some calcifications or something from her bladder. But instead, he comes out like later than expected and says, oh my God, your lives are going to change forever.
5: Well, had she already been diagnosed or this is, uh, she
1: had... We'd, 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 we didn't know for sure.
5: Something was going on.
1: Something was going on. We oh. didn't know for sure. Okay. But when he got in there, he actually saw that it was cancerous. He was able to remove the tumor in her bladder, but he couldn't get all of it. It had moved to the muscle wall of the bladder or beyond. This doctor said, your lives are going to change forever. We're going to have to remove her bladder. And then she's going to have to have a pee bag on the side of her body for the rest of her life or this neo bladder made out of intestinal stuff. But then there's no muscle to it. So you got to sort of force to go to the bathroom. It was horrifying. And the doctor had this grim look on his face. And um, I remember at the time just feeling like, well, that may or may not be true. Our lives are going to change forever. Good you for know? you. Because my father was an anesthesiologist and I see right through these guys. Yeah, I mean, I... I know they're well-meaning and they're well-educated, but I know the limits to right. what they know.
5: They're limited, for sure.
1: We got back with the doctor. You know, we did all our research. We came back and he said, okay, here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to do the surgery. It's going to be followed by chemo and radiation. And my wife was only 53. You know, this major life change was not in the cards for us. So I asked the doctor, I said, could we go to Germany and treat this naturally? And he said, there's no way you could treat this naturally. Now, in you already knew
5: that Germany had some other things going on? Or so, you, this was after some research?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, after research, her sister had been to Germany to treat malignant melanoma. She had been given six months to live here. Wow. Went over there, did 30 days of natural treatment, and has been cancer free for five years. Wow. But, you know, when you have the doctor saying, you got to do this, we're thinking, oh, well, it worked for her, but it wouldn't work for us.
5: Mm-hmm. So you asked him, "Can we go to Germany?" And can he said, "We go to Germany."
1: He said, "There is no way you can go to Germany. This is far too aggressive. You've got squamous cell carcinoma. It's far too aggressive." So we just nodded our heads, left the office, and then got plane tickets to Germany.
5: <laughs> I love it.
1: So anyway, we talked to him on the phone. We got over there, and you know, for thirty days, she received something called hyperthermia, which is focused heat oxygen therapy, the same thing Lance Armstrong did, where you take the blood out, fill it with oxygen, put it back in, turns a bright red, and cancer hates oxygen. Mm -hmm. And then they did IVs of vitamins, minerals, and amino acids to boost the immune system. And within 30 days, she was completely cancer-free. So we came back to the States, got the exam with a new doctor, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then once we got the all-clear... I wrote the original doctor back and I said, "Hey, I think it's borderline criminal what you're doing. I mean, this just happened. We just worked in thirty days." days. And he said, "I wish you continued success." And that was it. One of the amazing things we learned was hyperthermia, focused heat. Cancer can't survive above 105 degrees. So if you just and normal cells can survive up to 120 degrees or more. So if you just heat up the area where the cancer is. Above 105.
5: The cells just die? They just die.
1: Now, hyperthermia is so successful and effective. There's a clinic in the Philippines that offers a money back guarantee. No. Uh, if your cancer isn't reduced by 50% in 30 days or whatever, we'll give you your money back because it's science. Because it works. It they works. know they're not going to have to. Right. They and don't... there's
5: no, are there any side effects?
1: No side effects.
5: No burns, no scars, no side effects.
0: And so how was her experience of going through these 30 days? Was she waking up on the bathroom floor, or was she waking up refreshed?
1: That's a good question. I mean, there was nothing toxic. IVs, vitamins, minerals, amino acids to balance out the body, boost the immune system. Occasional nausea, just because it's detoxifying the body. Yes, so you got all the toxins coming out.
5: Well, if you're killing these cancer cells, then they're going to be flushed out of the body, and they're right. going to bypass some, yeah. So yeah,
1: so a little bit of nausea at times. And with the hyperthermia, maybe if you wear, you have to wear cotton. I think one day she wore something different and felt a little burning. So, but I mean, that wasn't bad. And then the oxygen, you know, that was great. So it was like, again, like a spa. She went there from like 10 to 2 every day. And then the afternoon she would go shopping or walking around.
0: Sounds like my dream come true. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It, It was, yeah, it was great. Now, when we came back, now, this is where the food heals gets pretty serious because when she hadn't completely changed her diet.
5: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. I
1: mean, the thing that led to this was lots of Reese's peanut butter cups and Diet Coke. Okay. All right. you can't. It's hard to change overnight. She was gradually changing, sure. but she got back. She'd been here for 30 or 60 days. We went back for another checkup and a tiny little polyp was found in her bladder.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: And now we're like, oh God, were the doctors right did this natural stuff not work? Mm-hmm. No, the answer was she didn't change her nutrition. And if you don't change your nutrition, the cancer's just gonna come back. I mean, the problem still exists. So what did Germany show us? Germany showed us that cancer can be killed, okay? But now if you wanna keep it away, you've gotta change the nutrition or the body is just gonna find another way to grow cancer. The thing that we kept reading over and over was that you have to create an alkaline environment in the body. And we kept researching, what are alkaline-forming foods? And obviously, it's a lot of vegetables and some fruits. And obviously, get rid of the sugar completely while you're fighting cancer. Red meat's completely out. And soda.
5: Soda's very acidic.
1: Acidic stuff. Although, you can put lemon in water, and that becomes alkaline.
5: Yes, but soda in general, even just sparkling...
1: Soda, are you kidding? Yeah, that's completely out. Yeah. So she was doing... A lot of fruits and vegetables. That smoothie, man, that was the savior for us, that morning smoothie. Mm -hmm. And in the smoothie went kombucha because it's fermented and cancer doesn't like that, and kefir for the probiotics, and then lots of vegetables and berries. And to our surprise, we came back three months later and there was no more cancer. And then six months, no cancer. Then she started doing colonics, Mm -hmm. you know, to sort of clean everything out. Mm -hmm no cancer, two years, no cancer. Then she stopped doing the colonics. Man, I can do without that. I don't need to detoxify the body. I'll just do the nutrition. They're
5: not the most fun activity in the world, but they're (laughs) very effective.
1: After two and a half years, we went for a checkup. And again, tiny little cancerous polyps. And still just in the bladder, nowhere else. That's it.
5: That was her spot.
1: And now we're getting it that, oh, she's got a gut that's messed up. I mean, it's just got problems. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, her colon doesn't want to do its thing. So she said, I've got to detoxify. And now she's doing coffee enemas, infrared sauna, supplements that help her to detox. You know, here we are now almost three years. And again, we're back to no cancer.
0: Yeah, amazing. Well, it's, it's just,
1: it's like science. We are living scientific examples of you can kill cancer but then to keep it from coming back you got to do the nutrition and then to keep it from coming back again you got to detoxify the body and then you got to keep figuring out your specific body what it needs
5: what would advice would you give to anybody out there that has a cancer diagnosis or might be undergoing treatment
1: The first thing I tell them is the nutrition is the first thing I tell them you got to get off sugar you got to get off animal protein do the plant-based diet the second thing you want to do well, we, we, we find out what they have. If they have a tumor-driven cancer, what stage is it? If it's something like my wife had, I tell them about hyperthermia. And I say, you know, you can either try to get that here in the States. It's hard. Some providers will do it, even though you're not getting chemo and radiation. Or you can go to Mexico or Germany. If it's any other sort of weird cancer, I say, you know, why don't you contact these clinics and, and talk to them? But like the most important thing is get the nutrition right, Get tested to find out what exactly is going on in the body, and then you know how to treat it. And then you can either do that with a naturopath at a clinic, or you can do that in Germany or in in Mexico. As this one woman says, test, don't guess. And there's a great new test called RGCC testing, where they pull your blood, send it to Greece, They can measure exactly the number of circulating cancer stem cells. They put it in Petri dishes, 150. They test all these natural substances, chemo agents, and molecular weight molecules, and then see what works. And then you get back this comprehensive report of what works on your cancer. This is so great. What's so great about RGCC testing is it's so good doctors don't want it. Oh my God. Because if we were... To make RGCC testing a thing that was covered by insurance, it's about $2,500. Which um, is
5: nothing in terms of cancer care and...
1: Yeah, nobody would be able to be bamboozled anymore. Now, with RGCC testing, it tells you exactly what works and what doesn't work, and it tells you exactly where the, the cancer stem cells are. And then you can also ask the doctor, hey, by the way, if I get this chemo, will it kill my, my cancer stem cell? And then they have to admit that no, chemo doesn't kill cancer stem cells. It At only, all? No. It only yeah. kills the outside exterior, and, and we just hope it kills the cancer before it kills you.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So anyway, the, wow. point, the point is, you know, anybody who has a diagnosis, hey, get the nutrition right, get the testing, and then find a clinic that works for you. You'll be off to the races. Cancer is not something that is alien. It's not overwhelming. It's not outside us. It's not genetic. It's just the metabolic processes of the body have broken down for some reason.
0: What's the difference in cost between um, the Western model treatment of cancer versus um, the Berlin or Mexican model is what yeah, I'm yeah. going to call it? Yeah. Philippines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they do it there too. Yeah. Okay, Philippines, Mexico, Berlin.
1: Switzerland, Switzerland. does it too. Um, you know, the difference is, I think it's cheaper to go natural.
0: Yeah,
1: I was on a plane to Sundance with a woman who'd had breast cancer. Her co-pays... Out of pocket expenses for all her stuff was, you know, 10 or 15 grand. And then she was on these pills afterwards that were six, $600 a month. Mm. Our cost was 28500 Total. That's it. That's
0: incredible.
1: There have been that no. that include
0: the shopping? <laughs> <laughs> no? That, nope. That you includes... let her shop. You're I'd a let good man. Shop. That, You're a good husband. That,
1: <laughs> that covered, that covered that's the. That's
5: therapeutic, you know. Oh, Allie that's... and I can attest to that. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no question. Retail
0: therapy.
1: <laughs> no, no question. So. So that covered the room, that covered some of the meals, that covered all the treatment, and then we just paid for airfare. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was a vacation, so it was wonderful.
5: We're so happy to hear it.
1: What what I try to stress is it's all about getting the body in balance, that the reason cancer exists is because something's out of balance. It's possible to find what's out of balance, right the ship, get it back in balance, and then the person's going to be okay. And so- When I say food kills cancer, what I'm saying is that's a part of the equation. Mm -hmm. The other part of the equation is everybody has to go on the journey to find out where they're out of balance and what needs to be put back in balance. Mm -hmm. And the emotional component is so important that one of the doctors in the film says that the two major causes of cancer are emotional issues that Mm -hmm. are unresolved Mm -hmm. and the other being teeth issues. Oh, don't
0: get Susie started. What? what? <laughs> Please continue.
1: Well, and and the main thing What's his name? I got to call him. <laughs> yeah. He's talking, what he's talking about is root canals. Yeah. The yeah. Root, root canals are, yep. are leaving a gangrenous organ in the body. Yeah. It's like um, somebody having an appendicitis only leaving that appendix yeah. in the body. Yeah. Anyway, it's interesting. That was his thing. But to get back to emotions- Unresolved conflict. Mm -hmm. The scientific studies have shown that it it gets the body in such a way that the toxins don't get released; they Mm -hmm. get held on, Mm -hmm. and so those toxins just keep festering, and that can cause damage. So, anyway, it's about getting on the journey and finding wherever that goes. Where's Mm -hmm. the imbalance? Mm -hmm. It, It could be nutrition. Well, it's definitely nutrition, but it also could be emotional. It also could be environment. It'd be a lot of things. So, usually a
5: combination.
1: You know, there is a, a profile for cancer patients and it's yeah. it's kind of eerie. You know, they're, they're, a lot of them are people that are kind of passive and they sort of let stuff happen to them mm-hmm. and they, they don't know how to sort of stand up for themselves. Mm-hmm. And the work my wife has been doing in therapy in the last year is all about reversing that trend of things happening to her, to her becoming in charge. And she works with this therapist where, you know, she's closing her eyes and she's envisioning these experiences she's, she's had with, you know, people in her childhood. And yep. this this time she's with her little girl and she is in charge. and she's,
5: Herself as a little girl, right? She's with yeah. herself as a little girl. And this yeah. time
1: she's telling those people what she would have liked someone to tell those people that were harming her. So she's doing that work of reversing it. But again, it's a lot of work. It's it painful. It's a lot of
0: work. Can you expand a little bit about um, the teeth and why it's so important to keep a healthy mouth?
1: Yeah. So root canals in general are a bad idea because what they do is they cut off the blood supply, they cut off the nerve supply to this tooth, and then just leave it in the mouth. And it becomes now- And cap it. it. It becomes a gangrenous, festering thing in the body. And a lot of times behind the root canals, they develop infections. Well, what the immune system does in the body is it says, oh my God, there's this huge problem with this gangrenous tooth and this infection. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go after that. And so then the rest of the body gets neglected and then cancer grows and then it, you know, the immune system can't fight it. So the alternative is to just take the tooth out, put a post in, put a crown, and you're good to go. A lot of people have been told for too long you know they've got, <laughs> they've got mouths full full of problems, and it's just too much for the immune system. By the way, my wife is a subscriber of the podcast. It's been listening for a long time. So when I told her I was coming down here, she's like, "Oh my god, I really? Listen, listen to these guys on my walks that with the dog. That's I incredible! So. Yeah. Wow! So I love you've been that. a part of our journey.
0: Oh, Excellent. Well, tell her thank you so much and best yeah. of luck on her journey. And hopefully we get to meet her next time. Yeah, I hope so. All right, Food Heals Nation, I hope you're enjoying this healing cancer series. And I know you've heard me talk about it before, but we've got to be vigilant about what we are putting into our bodies in order to prevent and reverse disease and cancer. So I love Organifi because they have so many clean, organic, vegan ingredients that fight cancer naturally. And we're living in this toxic world where we're bombarded with environmental toxins and toxins in our food supply. And we're not always eating organic. And sometimes we're eating really processed food and it's a lot for our bodies to take. And so it's great if we can help assist our body in the detox process, in its ability to heal itself. So I love giving the bodies the tools that it needs to do so. And so luckily, Organifi has our backs. They've got this all-day perfect system to keep diseases at bay. In the morning, you can start with the green juice, which is great for detoxification. Then you can spend the afternoon sipping on the red juice, which is great for energizing and overcoming that afternoon slump. And then in the evening, they have the Organifi Gold. This is my personal favorite that I swear by. It's got turmeric, ginger, reishi, lemon balm, and turkey tail mushrooms. Turkey tail mushrooms are vegan and do not contain animal products. Don't worry. It's not an actual turkey tail. Yes, I've been asked that. And it's great for cancer prevention. Studies are showing how it's actually helping shrink tumors by starving them. And so the gold has all of these ingredients. Plus, it helps you sleep better, dream bigger, and wake up refreshed. So don't worry, Food Heals Nation. We scored an exclusive discount code for you. So you can try the red juice. You can try the green juice. You can try the gold. All three or just one, wherever you want to start. Organifi's got you. Use the coupon code Heals. You'll get 20% off your first order. Try it. Let me know how you like it. Now back to our cancer healing stories, where you'll be hearing from Tracy Edmonds and Jill Tombaugh. Next up, we're talking to Tracy Edmonds, Her story is very close to my own heart as well. Like I lost both of my parents within a few short years of each other to cancer, Tracy lost her mom to cancer and her dad to a heart attack shortly after. This instilled in her an unwavering passion to become a pillar of health and spread her message through her blog, social media platforms, and television appearances. The loss of both of her parents to preventable diseases spurred Tracy on to launch a health and wellness website and make the world a better place. And that's when All Right Now was born. All Right Now is an amazing resource for anyone wanting to learn about healing and how to live their best life. Health, fitness, parenting, career, relationships, it offers tools to truly thrive. Here's a clip from our interview with Tracy. Roll it, Roxy. The sad thing is
2: that two years ago, I lost my mom. And so she was fighting cancer and mesothelioma, which is like one of the hardest, if not the hardest cancer to find a cure for because it's like chemotherapy doesn't help and radiation doesn't help and they don't really know anything that is really effective mm-hmm. you know with fighting cancer but what i can tell you is through her journey i sure didn't learn a lot about cancer yeah and so um and i learned a lot about cancer that western medicine does not even talk about they don't talk about and it. i know jj and i have kind of compared notes and stuff and so, some of the things that i learned is that Really, you know, there are things that you can do nutritionally to slow down, to fight cancer. One of the things is like cancer eats sugar and so it feeds on sugar. Feeds on sugar and multiplies through the consumption, you know, of sugar. The more sugar we consume, if we have cancer in our body, the more it multiplies. The sad thing that I didn't know, like my mom and I always like I'd always try to get her to eat healthy and stuff. Mm -hmm. And she just thought I was this kook, you know, she's like, Oh, stop it. You know, that doesn't make a difference or whatever.
0: Yeah. And I remember thinking that too. Mm -hmm. I know.
2: Yep. Didn't, you know, didn't know any better. I would go to visit her, open up her refrigerator and there would be true story. There would be pictures and pictures of sweet tea. Cause she like, she drank sweet iced tea. She was from Texas. She was obsessed with it. Like she drank it all day long and she'd be like, you want some tea? And then I'd take one sip of it. It was so much sugar. I'm like, oh, gosh, mom, how can you drink this? You know, but people are addicted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was consuming so much of that and loved, bless her heart, loved haagen ice cream, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. We didn't know during the time when I was visiting her that she had cancer in her stomach. Mm-hmm. So she had tumors in her stomach. They were just growing so fast. I was searching all over the world for cures and talking to doctors and Israel and Europe and all over the place. And again, learning so much about cancer through that journey and stuff. And I actually went out to Vienna, Austria and looked at some of the things that they were doing. One of them being, and JJ and I have talked about this before, but high dosages of vitamin C. Yep. Yeah. And so I saw how effective that was. And there's so many things that they are doing outside of the United States that are working to fight cancer yeah. that are not approved, you know, over here in the U.S. We, you know, we're controlled by pharmaceutical industry. Yep. So I had done my research and I heard about vitamin C. And so this is a true story. So mm-hmm. we, um, and I won't expose the hospital, but let's just say it was probably the premier hospital in Los Angeles. We that, hear
0: that a lot. Yeah, yep.
2: that, that she was at. So I had finagled away before she actually went into the hospital full time, you know, when she was still kind of staying at my house and seeing her um, oncologist and stuff. I had finagled away to do vitamin C therapy.
1: Amazing. Yeah.
2: So she was going over and she was getting these vitamin C IVs Mm -hmm. and her oncologist, who was really a traditional Western doctor, but he was willing to experiment with me. So... That's good. Yeah. And so we were doing vitamin C... He was documenting because he had to measure the size of the tumors and stuff. Mm -hmm. True story at one point, it shrank by 40%. I mean,
0: that's unheard of. That's incredible.
2: I came with some research. I said, Look, I want my mother, since you're telling me that there's no hope, how does it hurt us if we try vitamin C therapy? You know, and I showed him articles and research and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so she was still at an outpatient level at that point. And so she was just seeing an oncologist. She had not been admitted to, I'll just say big pharma controlled hospitals. And so at that point we were able to, and and also too, by the way, the way I was introduced to this oncologist is through my doctor who is a medical doctor, but really practices more alternative therapies as Mm. well. He is from Israel and he travels all over the world meeting with experts from all over the world about alternative cures for everything. So he was the one that told me about vitamin C. He referred me to this oncologist. So I'm like, look, Dr. (laughs) So-and-so said hey, let's try vitamin C on this and let's see what happens or whatever. My alternative doctor had the resource to get the vitamin C IV drips. So we began doing that. And sure enough, every time they measured the tumor markers, they were getting smaller and smaller. They began, the you know Western oncologist was baffled. He was like, wow, this really is working. So at one point, he was documenting it for Mm -hmm. the scientific journals or the medical journals or whatever, because at one one point, he was going to publish it. We had gone all the way down to a 40% reduction in in the tumors and stuff. Now, unfortunately, the other complicated part about my mom's medical condition is that she had all this stuff hit her body at the same time. I don't know how long it was all dormant or whatever, but... In addition to the mesothelioma, she also had two blood diseases going on. Mm-hmm. So she had, I think it was called MDS and MPD. And so one was a white blood cell disease, one was a red blood cell disease. It's so doing
0: transfusions? Yeah, so mm-hmm. we
2: had to start doing transfusions, and then the blood diseases started kind of like really is with the progress that we had been making on the mesothelioma. We still had all this blood disease stuff going on. There was one point then where now she started having to go into the hospital for all these transfusions and these blood disease issues. Once she hit the hospital level, then everything becomes corporate. You know, and, That's a good way
0: to put it. Yeah. Uh, and no, I know what you're yeah, talking about. Yes. Uh-huh. No, more, uh-huh. no
2: more vitamin C There's no IVs. more
0: alternative allowed. Absolutely right. not. And so. You do it our way or you're out. Yep.
2: And so I, you know, so then the tumor started growing again. Oh. And so I was just like. How
0: frustrating Yeah, is that?
2: I was like, well, can't, isn't there any way we can get the vitamin C into the hospitals or whatever? And everything was regulated, because we were also trying, we were trying all kinds of things, like curcumin and you know all mm-hmm. kinds of things, where she was being supplemented with cancer-fighting supplements in addition to the vitamin C. But once you go into the corporate hospitals, you cannot do any supplements at all. It's all pharmaceutical driven. So for me as a daughter, it was so sad, you know, to see once she went into the hospital for these blood issues, the tumors start growing again. I wasn't allowed to do, you know, I I begged them to like, let me do vitamin C IVs. I'm like, well, I'm paying for it. Like, why can't we administer it? You know, how in the world can you tell me vitamin C could hurt? It was just regulated and not allowed at all. At the end of the day, the tumors started growing so fast, and then everything just kind of went downhill from there.
0: Tracy, I would ask you, like, do you think that building this website, because I know for myself uh, it was therapeutic to start the podcast, and you had just lost your father, you had just lost your mother. Was that your therapy? Is that how you got through it?
2: You are so absolutely right. For me, every morning I'd wake up. Literally, I was like waking up when sun rose. I am, if I wasn't writing my own articles, I'm reading contributors' articles. I'm reading information about cancer and, you know, superfoods and things that, you know, help with the stomach and help with your mental focus. I'm just reading all this kind of stuff. The positive information that I was getting was like coming into my energy system Mm -hmm. and and really helping me through my loss. I was really kind of helping me cope because I just felt like I was getting some positive energy out of it. And, and being on a mission to give back and to kind of help people and to share information and stuff, it's the best food for healing. You yeah. know, it, it, it really, really is and stuff. That helped me tremendously, tremendously. And I, you know, I really felt too, I'm getting into a spiritual side of things, but I really felt like my parents were like up in heaven and just kind of going, look, do this, do this, do this, Yeah, help others, help others. And so I felt like I can't even explain the kind of energy I had. Yeah, Like, I mean, literally I'm surviving on like, I don't know, four hours of sleep or something. But I was like, I'd wake up and I'd be like, okay, bam, you know, ready to go. (laughs) Ready to go. And I had all of this energy and stuff. And I don't know where it was coming from, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it was coming from heaven.
0: It was. If you um, had something to tell our listeners, like, if they've been through something, whether it was a loss or they just want to get healthier. Like, what's your big message, your mission? Tell us about that.
2: Don't procrastinate. The reason I added the word now, you know, <laughs> to the, the word all right, yeah. is that now is the time to take action on being the best you and creating the life that you want. Like we all like procrastinate. We all make excuses for, well, you know, it's just not the right time. I got to wait for this or I got to wait for that or right. whatever. Like, yeah. I mean, seriously, like this minute, this moment, you know, really decide, do some soul searching. What is the life that you really want for yourself? What steps do you need to take to get that life? Yeah. And then really, Take action now. Like don't wait until like tomorrow or next year or whatever. People say, Oh, it's not a good time now. You can make it a, a great time. There's like, now, it's never a good time. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If I can leave anyone with any type of takeaway, it's just like really declare the life that you want and like really make it happen. Now, even that like healthy decisions and healthy lifestyle choices slows down, you know, medical issues for you, it slows down aging, all that kind of stuff. Like if you really make a life decision now to like lead a healthier lifestyle,
0: then that's going to impact you in the long run and that's going to help you be the best you. All right, and we're going all the way back to episodes 26, 27, and 28 for this next incredible cancer journey where my friend Jill Tomback shares her story. And I lived with her as she went through her harrowing ordeal, which did include nine surgeries in the span of four years. And at the time, she was only 25 years old when she started. Since then, she's become an advocate of taking the holistic path. She's an avid juicer and Pilates extraordinaire. She eats a plant-powered diet and says if she were diagnosed with cancer today, she would choose cleansing and a protocol like Gerson therapy rather than ever do chemotherapy again. As of 2019, Jill is celebrating nine years being cancer free. I couldn't be happier for her. Roll it Roxy.
4: So my story starts just at a routine annual exam at my gynecologist's office. She was doing my annual breast exam and all of a sudden she kind of stopped on one area and it was in a really weird place. It was kind of like in between like my collarbone. It was pretty high up. She presses on it for a little bit and then like circles around and then comes back to it and she goes, huh? That's interesting. You have you have a lump there and I said, "Oh, I think it's just muscle. I do a lot of push-ups. I'm just really strong. It's just big muscle." She said, "Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely not muscle, but it's probably not a big deal. You're so young. You're 25. I'm just going to send you to the imaging center for an ultrasound just so they can take a look at it and make sure." So, a couple of weeks go by and I go for my ultrasound appointment. Um, and out walks this really nice doctor man. He calls me into the back and he shows me my x-ray film for my mammogram and he's pointing out this mass and he's saying no I, I don't want to alarm you but it looks very suspicious he said well I'd like to get a biopsy done of this lump and, and really find out what it is and I said okay so how do I schedule that do I just call back and make an appointment and he looked at me and he said no it's it's suspicious in the way that I'm going to do the biopsy right now so we go down into this basement room which is we get to it and he does the biopsy and then I, you know, I'm in pain and, and it's uncomfortable and I'm all bruised up and he says, okay, well, we'll send the results to your primary care physician and then he'll, he'll call you in two to three days. But the next morning at 10 a.m., thank God I wasn't at work because I get a phone call from my regular doctor's office. It's not at all what you think in the movies. He literally just over the phone right there just said, okay, well, you have cancer. Fuck Yeah. And I was sitting alone in my bedroom with like an ice pack on my boob from the mammogram. And so then, of course, you know, you, I call my family. my You don't know my mother, Susie, but Allie does. And my mother freaks out, hangs up, hangs up on me. She just hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I'm sorry. Well, not, not to love your experience, but that's what no. he's like. What? Your mother's not supposed to hang up
0: on well, you? So
1: sorry.
4: She didn't hang up on me. She said... I'll be there in six hours. Like, she literally was like, oh. I'm getting on a plane. I'll be there Aww. in six hours. Okay. Click. <laughs> I mean, that's my, my memory. Maybe it didn't go down Aww. that way, but I just remember being like, my own mother just got off the phone. Like, well, now yeah. I'm alone. Like, I know she's going to be here. Well, soon, she thought like, the well, priority
5: was to just get on a plane. Yeah. As opposed to like checking in with you and.
4: Yeah. So my family came and then, um, we called my doctor. I mean, I was sitting in a circle with my sister, my mother, my aunt, and my uncle. First, we called my regular primary care doctor, again, the sweet man who had no idea any of this was even happening until he had to deliver the news. Um, We call him back in the morning and I say, well, what do I do? And he was like, okay, well, you need a surgeon most likely. um, And you need an oncologist. And I'd start there and then they will refer you on to like whatever else you might need. So he gave me um, a name of like one breast surgeon affiliated with Cedar Sinai. I had to stick there because that's what my insurance was through. It was the best experience I could have had given the circumstances because it was such a great hospital. Right. So I really I appreciate everything about Cedar Sinai. And I think
5: they have a whole I I mean it's right around the corner, right? So it's like I think they have a whole breast cancer center. Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Saul
4: and Joyce Brandman Breast Center. There and we go. Back in the day of Foursquare, I checked in there so often I became the mayor and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was proud and depressed at the same time. I was like um, I sent my sister a text I was like I've just ousted someone as the mayor of the breast center <laughs> and so decided I like should I celebrate or be really really sad about this <laughs> I met with my surgeon Kathy Dang the best woman on the planet she ended up actually my first visit with her she did her own breast exam she ended up finding two more lumps one in the same breast that my cancer was found and one in the other breast and she was like more biopsies saddle up girl this is happening so I got two more biopsies done like right then and there, and instantly I felt more comfortable with her than I felt with any doctor in my whole life because I was like, wow, you have such a steady hand. and like, (laughs) wow, you're so calm about this. Like this is so much more relaxing than the last one. And she was very thorough too, which made me feel really good about everything. So those two lumps ended up being benign. So anyway, we sit down and at this point I have found cancer in one breast, an additional lump, plus another lump in the other breast. And she sits down with me in her office and and basically lays out the options. And she's like, okay, so there's four things you can do. Option one is you can do nothing. That's totally fine. Option two is we could do a lumpectomy and remove the cancer that we know that you have. And you can keep your breasts and depending on how much we need to take in the lumpectomy might need a little bit of reconstruction or be a little misshapen in a way, but that's the easiest option. And then she said, option two, we can do a single mastectomy. Then the last option was to do the bilateral or both sides mastectomy. I looked at her and I was like, well, I'm 25. So which one of those options makes sure I don't ever have to do this again? (laughs) And she was like, the bilateral mastectomy will take all of your breast tissue away. So it would be impossible for you to get breast cancer again or not impossible because of the tissue that stays attached to your skin. So very much reduced for the rest of my life risk. And then um, my mother sitting across from me always asks this question to doctors. And I usually think she's crazy for asking it, but this time she looked across the table and said, if this were you or this were your daughter, what would you do? And she I was think like- that's a great question. Yeah. yeah. And so but of course my surgeon was like, oh, get rid of them both, like tomorrow. And I think I had like two weeks between like that appointment and my surgery. And that was, a very stressful two weeks because knowing that you have cancer in your body and that it's just growing and sitting there and could be potentially like spreading and you can't do anything to get rid of it because other people are on the list to go before you for the same problem that was really really sad so then it's, it's surgery day. They take one lymph node at a time from each side, or if you just do one side, they take one lymph node, and they slice the lymph node really thin, and then they turn off the lights and that blue dye stuff glows, and they look under a microscope and they see if there's any trans- traces of cancer cells in your lymph node. And it's actually such a, like, a cool medical advancement to know about from like, the surgery standpoint, because if there's no traces of cancer in that lymph node, they'll stop removing your lymph nodes my breast surgeon removed my breast tissue and did that whole portion for the first I want to say it's probably like four or five hours I was asleep so I don't know
3: <laughs> um,
4: and then the reconstructive surgeon steps in and he placed those expanders that I talked about in so I actually never woke up like flat chested so yeah I started the healing process and then I went and met with my oncologist again and I remember I looked at him and I said okay so I'm, I'm down to do whatever just tell me I don't need chemotherapy and he looked at me and he was like, actually, yes, like that's that's kind of all we can do right now. And I said, uh, OK, we did the chemo route and um at this point I had started listening to Allie a little bit more about <laughs>
5: uh, what about was Allie thing. doing right now at this point?
4: So Allie was just being the best friend that she could. She's she, still printing out articles. She was still printing out <laughs> articles like every day. She'd like come into She's my room. She's turning away right now. She'd come into my room and be like, Jill, I just, I just researched this and I, I read this and she'd come in like with her phone and like read me an article and I'd Aww, be like, Allie, you're a good that's friend. amazing. So she was so helpful that like before I started chemo, I went to this natural food store Erewhon. by my house called Erewhon, which is like, unfortunately, like, I think I pay more to them a month in like food and supplements <laughs> than my rent. And <laughs> me too. But I love it so much. We're and it's worth with every it. penny. It's so great. But anyway, so I took this girl, Haley's advice to do acupuncture during chemo. And I went and saw him beforehand, the acupuncturist. And I said, okay, this is what's happening. And he said, okay, so we're going to keep your stomach strong. We're going to keep your immune system strong and we're going to keep you energized and stress free like those were like the things he was going to do for me i went to acupuncture religiously twice a week throughout like pre-chemo and throughout my entire three months it's i did four cycles with three weeks in between each cycle i think i was like the champion of chemotherapy going to acupuncture i mean i had so much energy i would go in for a chemo infusion and i would come home and just take like that day to rest, and maybe the next day. And I would take my nausea pills, like just those two days. And then for the remainder of the three weeks between like chemo infusions, I was fine. So the whole time I was on my first kind of chemo, in my biopsy scar, and this is after I already had my mastectomy, I had already done my reconstruction, everything was already done. In the little dot of a scar where my biopsy was originally done, I started to feel a little hard spot. And I was like, what is this? And the little hard spot started to get bigger. Son of a bitch. So when I was, yeah. So I showed it to my oncologist. This is mid-chemo. This is like after my, I'm halfway through chemo. And I'm like, so I have this thing. And he feels it. And he's like, you know, this happens a lot in scars. Like you can get like a lot of scar tissue or like a cyst can sometimes form and whatever. And he goes as long as it's growing during chemo, I think it's safe to say that it's not cancer because why would it be growing during chemo? It's probably, you know, whatever, a cyst or this or that. So I was like, okay. And then I went in after my third chemo treatment and it started shrinking. And I was like, well, now it's getting smaller. And he was like, okay, well, you basically have zero immune system right now, so we we can't do anything about it, but when we're finished with chemo, you know, we'll have you go in for another surgery, we'll cut it out and we'll figure it out, right? I mean, at that point, I was two months into chemo, like, what do you do? You can't throw me on operating table, I could have died from an infection or something. So sure enough, I go for my surgery and they cut it out and it is more of the same cancer, which was horrible news, But a huge blessing in disguise because like you mentioned, they have to go based on statistics. So for the type of cancer that I had, he gave me statistically the best treatment, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be effective for everyone. Right. So we learned right away that the three months I had just spent going through chemotherapy was completely ineffective against the cancer that I had. Son
5: of a bitch. I feel like, (laughs) I feel like I'm cursing up a storm here, but I'm just like listening to your story and like, yeah. It's so, so like,
0: frustrating. It's unacceptable. Yeah. It's, it, it really
5: is. It was like, so
4: frustrating.
0: If they don't know, they should not prescribe
4: that. I know. he. It was the type of treatment that he prescribed for me was 80-something percent effective against the specific type of cancer that I had. And I fell into whatever. But you want to talk crazy statistic. I was like, I already had a mastectomy. Like, how do I even have this? And it's going in your scar. So wait for my statistic. Uh Uh-oh. I am a one in a million Ooh. Yeah, except of the bad kind. <laughs> I am The statistic is literally one in a million where during a biopsy, a, a like tiny individual cancer cell will accidentally be deposited into the skin tissue. And that is what happened to me. It was insane. I was like, wow, I am one in a million in the worst possible way. So we went back to the drawing board. And that's when I started seeing other doctors for second opinions. Because I was like, "Uh, listen. And I went to all sorts of specialists who don't take my insurance. And thank God I have such generous parents who could financially afford to like help me do whatever else I, I mean what are your parents going to be like you know what you can't have our money you can just die of cancer like no they helped me go see like a whole bunch of other doctors and I took because none of them took my insurance I took what I learned from them and I went back to my oncologist and then I heard what he had to say and then I said well here's an idea I got from someone else and we together came up with like a new plan because at this point, you know, knowing what I know now, I would have just been like, you know, screw chemotherapy, I'm over it. But again, this is a long time ago and I didn't know everything. And And you're scared. I was, yeah, it was, I was scared and I basically... I got two answers one was different chemo more chemo right now and then um, the other answer was radiation right now on the area where we know the cancer is so let's kill it at the source and then re chemotherapy you after to treat the rest of your body so there were two different schools of thought like treat your whole body some more and then focus on the one area or focus on the area and then treat the rest of your body just in case it got out so to me that made more sense So I went with that, but my oncologist wasn't completely comfortable with it. So what he ended up doing was giving me a low dose of a different chemotherapy drug weekly during my radiation. So I was at one point getting both. Yikes. Yeah, but the good news is the one that I got during radiation had very, very, very mild side effects. I really didn't feel anything I felt fine my hair grew back during it like it was a it's a
0: very different type of drug and it's supposed to complement the radiation or something I don't know so when was it that you stopped everything and then you just had to be like okay what am I gonna do with my lifestyle now to make sure this doesn't come back
4: good question so my final day of chemotherapy and any kind of cancer related treatment was March 13th 2010. Mm-hmm. Yay, it's been a long Yay. time. Yay. Yeah, I mean the whole process I started to become more aware of what I was putting into my body even like during chemo I, I decided if my body is working so hard on dealing with these terrible drugs that are being like injected into me I just was thinking that I should make my body's job easier. I, I went completely vegan from the time that all of that ended and I was officially like cancer-free I've totally changed the way I think about what I put into me, which is probably the best thing that the whole experience brought mm-hmm. because every meal that I have, I make sure that there's like a massive salad with it of like, not like iceberg lettuce, like not watery stuff, but like good, like arugula, spinach, kale.
0: How did you get through this emotionally? It's
4: a, it was a lot. So like most people should do, I got help. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... So I had never, you know, being the glass half full, like optimistic person, I had never even considered seeing a therapist or anything. I mentioned in the last episode that the breast center at Cedar sinai has like a patient relationships division and, mm-hmm. and they put me in contact with this girl to kind of talk to and she gave me advice and just let me know what her experience was. She was the closest thing to me that they could think of. She, yeah. she was older than me when she was diagnosed, but only like five or six years. And so she could relate to me and gave me a lot of advice and she's actually the one who turned me on to my acupuncturist and she told me a lot about what to expect with chemo. And so that was so helpful. It kind of put me at ease just knowing like, okay, I'm talking to someone else who's done this and she's out on the other side of it and she's fine. And she's letting me know that like, yes, it's going to suck, but you'll be fine because I did it and I'm fine right so that was super helpful and one of the things that she suggested to me was that I needed she didn't even suggest it (laughs) she was like (laughs) so you need a therapist and I was like oh okay. It caught me a little off guard because I'd never thought about it. But as soon as she said it, I was like, I do. (laughs) I need a therapist like right now. And I needed one like starting four weeks ago. Right. I asked her, I was like, well, you know, you're suggesting this. So obviously you must've seen a therapist. And she's like, oh yeah, my therapist was great. I can give you his contact info. And then she stopped and said, but I actually feel like you should see this other therapist. And I said, okay. She was like, she's a really good friend of mine. I, it's actually unclear to me if they were friends before or if they met during or after their own cancer treatments, but they, this friend that she was suggesting that I see also had breast cancer mm-hmm. in her mid-30s. So she, you know, 10 years older than me, but like could relate because... Of course. Any age to get breast cancer sucks <laughs> completely. It's more common in older women and it's a lot less common in women under 50 or 45 or I don't know the right number but right. so you can pretty much relate to anyone who got it too young. Yeah, so I got in contact with her. Um her name was Kelly. She's amazing. Like she even said to me she was like the stress of all of this is yeah, not good for you. Exactly. And and I think the hardest thing for me to unsweep if that's the term you want to use <laughs> is that a lot of the things I would sweep under the rug were like Things I needed help with that I didn't want to inconvenience other people with. Yeah. And then she she was like, No, they, these people are here, like they want to help you. You're all that matters to them right now. Like give them a purpose. And and that was the other important thing was knowing that like the people who are offering to help, they want to have the purpose, they want to be involved in the help process, like they want to do it. And I was always like, no, I feel bad. I don't wanna right. I don't wanna make anyone sad or inconvenience anyone or like th- I don't wanna bother them. And she was like, They're waiting for you to bother
0: them. Yeah. I they want like, a no. job. Yeah. They wanna <laughs> help. So what advice would you give to someone who was recently diagnosed with breast cancer? What would you tell them to do? First, cry. Get that out. Get it Hell out. yes, cry it out. Get it out. Cry a lot yeah but like don't hold it in yeah yeah don't try to be tough yeah there's no point you'll be tough. the toughness comes later yes be vulnerable cry it out feel your feelings yeah and then i
4: would say start educating yourself immediately and also get a therapist
5: maybe maybe (laughs) it goes
4: in this order cry find a therapist like immediately and don't be afraid right off the bat like it's okay to be terrified and sad and scared. And don't try to pretend like you're not because you are. Find some way to educate yourself on like all of your options. Because like I said before, if I had known what radiation was going to do to me, I would have chanced it with other methods and not done that. Because when you think about it, like radiation is chancing it too. All of it's chancing it. Just educate yourself and find out what all of your different options are. And consult with as many doctors or alternative medicine doctors or homeopaths as you can because the more you know, the better decisions you can make. And I know that when you get a diagnosis like I did, like I I mentioned last episode, that there was like a, a two to three week window between like finding out and seeing someone. And I felt for that whole time like, oh my God, there's cancer inside my body. Oh my God, I'm getting sicker and sicker every minute that passes. Oh my God, the cancer is spreading and I can't go do anything about it. But really, I don't think two to three weeks in the grand scheme of being diagnosed and educating yourself makes the whole world of difference. I think that taking the time to get multiple opinions before you choose a treatment route is probably much more beneficial than harmful. Deal with your emotional being and educate yourself And then figure out how you're going to physically deal with it. It would have gone way better for me had I done it the other way around. Part of what I learned from my acupuncturist was that it is essential to pack your body full of nutrients every day. And that is really hard to do today with the food that's available here in America. Unfortunately, it's true. Unfortunately, it's very true. So um, he encouraged me to buy a juicer. It's so important to me to maintain my health to drink at least one cold pressed juice a day um, because it's just so filled with nutrients and I usually try to do it on an empty stomach so either first thing in the morning or like maybe I'll eat something for breakfast because I'm starving and then I'll try to you know, have it as like a mid morning snack, my juice, so that right. it's like hitting me on an empty stomach. My body can just absorb all the goodness. So a lot of the vitamins and nutrients and minerals that come from those vegetables get lost because when you eat those things, your body has to work through the digestion process. Right. And in working through the digestion process, a lot of it passes through you or it doesn't absorb into your blood. And also what happens is, more than that, more than what I just said, is your body expends energy to digest your food. Yeah. So... It's very good to eat those things that are good for you, but your body actually burns through
0: them trying to digest it. And sometimes it's taking energy away from other things that you need to be doing at that moment. Exactly. Digestion takes a
4: lot of energy from your body. That's why people get like food coma or that's at least what I call it. It's because your digestive system is a huge system in your body and when it goes to work, it... Needs a lot of energy. So, juicing is so important because in the process of making the juice, all of the fiber, which is the thing that is what your body works really hard at digesting, which is very good for you. Don't get me wrong, everybody needs to have fiber, but all of the fiber is removed and everything else remains. So, when you juice, what you drink doesn't take your body any energy at all to digest. It's like you're watering your body and it absorbs with zero energy expended inside of your body. So all the nutrients and vitamins can actually absorb and be used immediately. And when your body isn't expending energy on digestion, what you're doing is feeding your body everything that it needs to be the healthiest and most efficient at its job, which is keeping you alive and functioning correctly. All of the energy that you would have spent on digesting that food, your body now directs toward healing things inside that are wrong. So every time I'm sick, if I have a cold or a cough or a sore throat or anything, I stop eating and I just use. Yep, me too. And that's so the opposite of of what we were all taught as children. Well, actually, there's an old saying called feed a cold, starve a fever. Mm -hmm. And that actually makes a little bit of sense because if you have a fever, it means you have an infection somewhere in your body and your body is trying to heal it. And I think that back in the day, people understood that you need to starve your fever, AKA don't give your body extra work to do because your body is trying to heal itself. Yeah but I don't even feed a cold. Like if I have anything wrong with me, I don't starve myself either. Sometimes I get lazy and I just order a juice
0: cleanse. Me too.
4: Because it's cheaper than going to the doctor and taking time off of work and Getting prescription and all that stuff that I used to do back before, like, my life changed and I accepted this different lifestyle that has been working for me for five and a half years. So I can say that, like, I feel successful with it. If you can just give your body a break and let all of its energy go into healing whatever's wrong inside, then, like, why not? Yeah. So I've heard you say this before. So, <laughs> What would you do if you could go back? So I I was watching all of these documentaries and I was learning that the things that your body really needs to heal come from nature. I would have totally taken a different alternative and the Gerson therapy, which I then watched like a bunch even like low budget low 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 budget documentaries yeah. on the Gerson therapy. Basically, I mean, I'm I'm by no means the expert. But the basic gist of it is, there is a man, I forget his first name. But Max last, Gerson. Max Gerson. And I mean, he lived to be ancient. Like he lived for so long, super healthy his whole life. His daughter now runs his, Charlotte, Gerson. Charlotte, yeah, his, like, business, if you want to call it that. But it's not really about business like a hospital is. It's more about helping people and teaching them yeah. ways to, like, save I haven't themselves. watched this.
0: I haven't heard of this. Um, well, Gerson Therapy has a higher cure rate than chemotherapy or radiation, but it's banned in the United States. It is, I guess, controversial, but it's as aggressive as you treat your body with chemotherapy, radiation, and drugs. You do the same thing, but with green juice and coffee enemas. Mm-hmm, And it... It really amazed me
4: when I watched the documentary and I thought, wow, that's what I should have done. God willing, this won't ever happen again to me, right? I mean, clearly, probably not breast cancer, but like I would never want it to show up somewhere else in my body. If it does in the future, at any point, I don't care if I'm 40 or if I'm 95, I'm doing Gerson therapy. And the Gerson Institute is actually, since it's banned in the United States, it actually sounds sketchy. It's in Tijuana, right? Which you're like, why would anyone go to Tijuana for, like, medical treatment? That's Next
5: not what you immediately think of Tijuana. Just right. all of our Mexican listeners, all of our listeners in
4: Mexico. Oh, yeah. Tijuana is a different Panache. Right. It's more of like a go there for a fun partying time, Hmm. not go there to heal your cancer. But Charlotte Gerson runs like her office out in San Diego. Diego. Uh And then it's just like a 30 minute drive over the border. And the Gerson Institute has their own. It's a huge hospital like campus where they prescribe you a plan of juicing. They have their own farm on premise. They have their own water purification system. Everything is alkaline. They grow, they they do everything there. And you actually, when you go in for the treatment, you pay whatever the cost is. I I, thank God I didn't have to look up the price because I haven't gotten there. But there's a, a price and it covers you and a friend or a family member to go with you. And you actually live there at the Institute for two weeks and they teach you everything you need to know and they teach you all the recipes and they send you home with all of the tools and the juicers and the blenders if you don't already have and everything and they send you home with a plan so they treat you for two weeks get you into the routine and then they send you home and they say do it for as long as you can or however long you need and I think there's a point where you go back and get like reevaluated and checked but the whole two weeks you're there they're constantly they have their own doctors on premise and they're constantly checking everything depending on what kind of cancer you have and people see like drastic results in those first two weeks that's totally what I would do and that's what I would recommend like if it if this were you know if someone else near and dear to me family member friend whatever I would be like, I'll go be your buddy like Allie wanted to do. <laughs> Let's go to the Gerson Institute in Mexico and I will give you your coffee enema. I will stick a thing up your butt and shoot coffee in that there. That is a good friend. <laughs> I, just because I feel like... I feel like Allie would do that for both of us. Allie absolutely <laughs> would do it for both of us. If I had like one last bit of advice to give everyone listening for whatever it's worth, if it's for you or for a loved one or for your neighbor that you don't know very well for whoever... I think that honestly, the thing that helped me the most with everything, forget treatment, forget anything, just keeping a positive outlook and a positive attitude is all you can do. Okay, I have no hair, but I'm like 10 pounds skinnier than I've ever been (laughs) in my (laughs) life. It looks so banging in this bathing suit with my wig on. Look at me.
0: (laughs) Got to look at the bright side.
5: Yeah. That's all you can do. That's all you have control
2: over, right? Yeah. your outlook.